0: In this episode, we hear about the strategy for Beats by Dre. I talk with uh, Simon Wasif. Simon worked on the brand while at RGA. A couple of things I thought were notable uh, and to keep in mind before we uh, start the episode is that at the time when uh, Beats by Dre was introduced, uh, the idea of a headphone was that it actually came with a device. Uh, you bought a device and it came with uh, a headset and um, it the headset had quality, a level of quality, Uh, but it was sort of almost uh, included in the same way that a charging cable was included. It was all about the the device itself. So here, it's the idea that we're trying to create this uh, idea of the headphones as being a device, and it sort of shifts everything and justifies a higher price point. Now, there were also other brands that were on the market, such as Bose who were offering products with similar features, but they had marketed themselves in a very different way, a very traditional way. So I think yeah, what you see here is a, a way for a brand to begin to look to culture, to find its voice. And I think that's exactly what happened here with Beats by Dre and Simon tells us a terrific story about how it all came together. So enjoy the episode, Beats equals focus. So uh we welcome Simon Wasif. Uh Simon is with uh, TBWA Day in Los Angeles. He's a Chief Strategy Officer and uh welcome Simon.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: It's going great. It's great. I'm in Chicago, you're in LA.
1: <laughs> so it's warmer here than it is there. Yeah, I'm not sure who's getting the better deal today, but you know.
0: Sometimes <laughs> snow a- is good, but sometimes I- it's not.
1: Yeah. Well, uh I feel for you, but um well, you know, um yeah, you have to come to LA and get some sun, Fergus. Yeah,
0: so you're you're uh, you're originally you're born in Sydney, right? That's right, born and raised. So uh, earlier today, I was watching this uh, piece of video on YouTube, and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, in, as part of the introduction, I talked about the fact that we're we're talking about Beats by Dre, and I watched Omar Johnson, who mm-hmm. was the uh, VP Marketing at the time, talk about this whole campaign. And you know, Omar kind of came from Nike; he worked on Nike Plus. He's now at Apple. And, um, uh, what a, what a, what a great client, what a great opportunity, uh, to work with. It seemed like he was just a terrific guy and really sort of understood what I think what a strategist and a planner wants to be, have a, wants to know that a client understands.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Omar, um, was, um, one of those clients that yeah, agencies kind of dream of, um, very clear vision, very. Um, big ambition and you know uncompromising on that
0: so tell us tell us about the uh, the very beginning so we we know that everything ended up with this idea of uh, hear what you want yes has been sort of the year one campaign and I, and I think probably the best way to encapsulate the strategy it's been it's been expressed in a number of different ways but i really like that it's super tight idea how did how did that get started where yeah where did it come from and and were there other directions on the table that ultimately got shaved back or pushed back
1: yeah um so you know but you might not believe it anymore but there was a time when headphones were not cool you know there was a time when headphones were not um the sort of you know, the, 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 that really common thing now you see is people, you know, with a pair of headphones around their neck as they kind of, you know, walking through an office or um, people wearing headphones um, whilst they're in a, you know, cafe, you know, using the free Wi-Fi, um, you know, listening to um, their, you know, their, their, their tunes. You know, headphones were, were a bit of a commodity and then they sort of became, um, you know, all about technical specification. And things that a, a niche music audience knew uh, the, the the meanings of and and what you know the definitions of, but to a mass audience were still relatively unknown and not that interesting and not that exciting. And then I think you know we started to see people wearing noise-canceling headphones on airplanes, and that was the kind of the height of the aspiration was to sit on an airplane and not hear a baby crying. So I'm going to wear this 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 pair of headphones. Right. Um, and you know in in the middle of that dr dre had a had a a point of view and his point of view was that headphones should be in you know created in the service of the music and they should deliver the music that you're listening to in the way the artist intended and that was maybe the first time that there was a genuine point of view about what the benefit of those headphones should be, not just it has, you know, this impotence and this much sort of, um, you know, precision and this sort of uh, level of hurts and, you know, things that, you know, your your woman and man on the street really don't understand or couldn't give a fuck about. Um, But what they do care about is feeling good feeling how they want to feel when they listen to the, the, those songs that they love and feeling that way because it's it's being you know transmuted into their ears and their brains in the way that the artists wanted it to sound and and so that is where that is when sort of beats entered the conversation um, and, it's, and not, it's
0: not that at the time that Bose didn't do it or Sony didn't do a good job of hmm. delivering that right it was that it was it was it was there but it wasn't necessarily the strategic direction that those it, brands took right
1: exactly and there, and and it was not only was it not the strategic direction it was not there was no elevation of the conversation there was no sense of like why does this thing cost three hundred dollars and you know that it's worth that money it's you know that it's awesome that it is a thing that you want uh no one was was sort of um in that zone and you know, I think it's telling that you know those are technology companies, and they were producing another piece of technology. And you know, Dr. Dre is a musician; he's an artist, and he was producing something, wanted to produce something that, um, you know, was art- conveyed that artistic sensibility, not the technology one. So and was
0: was that was that sort of was that a a, a perspective that came from? From the client side, or did you guys sort of discover that space, and how did you go about discovering that
1: sort of narrative? Well, that that's that was his intention, and it was stated, and it's written on the side of of every box of uh, either Beats headphones or Power Beats or a pill or anything you buy from from Beats by Dre. It's there. It's written on the side of the box, and it's got his signature on it. So you hmm. you you take that as a that's a product truth. But it's a product truth, it's not a brand truth yet, and it's not it wasn't something that on its own was able to to carry the whole conversation. So to your question about were there strategic directions that we had that maybe didn't make it, yeah, because you know something like that, it feels really good and it feels right and it and the strategist will will go, let's go down that road um and see and the you know the truth is. It, it doesn't it doesn't survive because a it's kind of it's still kind of abstract. what the artist intended. that's sort of open to interpretation. Uh, and b it's not defendable in the long term. So um, you know uh, Sony, Bose, whoever, Bows and Wilkins, they can come in and kind of say the same thing if they chose to. and if they did it with more money and you know more famous people or whatever, um, then then you know that strategy is toast. So you take that as a product truth. And then you start to in, investigate and, and go what else is there that can elevate the conversation and around that time, um, um, the, the the beats organization they had they had given a, 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 you know a, a couple of bigger athletes, um, LeBron James being one of them, um, a pair because they were friends with um, Dre and, and the guys that, that were running the company. Um, and so you started to see it pop up on the heads of, and on the ears of, of some famous people. Um, we actually thought that that might be a, um, a strategic angle, which was, you know, endorsed by people who, um, you know, know, you know, who, who know, um, excellence. Um, and, and these were and, music artists at that time. Well, or? it was a combination of, 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 uh, musicians of, and of athletes, uh, and of people in wider culture. Um, and again, that strategy, it, it's, it is one of those ones that it looks good when you, when you first start talking about it and you start exploring it and you have some thought starters, but it, again, it starts to unravel because, um, who's to say that. That they have credibility, um, and who is to say that, you know, again, one of our competitors couldn't sign a bigger deal with a bigger artist or a bigger athlete, um, and it, and again, it, it's not defendable in the long term. the the uh, The other thing that's worth reminding ourselves was that, and if you go back, I, I encourage you to Google it. Is Beats was was memeable you know people were hating on yeah, this brand that's right. they were that's right. they were they were you know meming writing memes about how beats was for you know was kind of for was fake you know it wasn't for real music lovers it was all for show and it was for people who didn't get music um and the i mean the irony that it's created by Dr Dre and Jimmy Iovine you know that was a delicious irony but again you you're not going to dedicate marketing dollars to to that story that's a that's a that's not a you know, necessarily a, a, a fruitful or an elevated conversation,
0: which sort of, so, which, which I would think probably in certain ways sort of killed the idea of going after a product truth as a direction because there was so much criticism at the time, right? That it that it was sort of sub-style over substance,
1: right? So, so what we knew from the get-go was that the product truth would, had a role to play, but it was it didn't have the role to play. It had a, it had a, a, a you know, it was an important ingredient, but we needed. That unlock that thing that was that that sort of sat above that and and articulated you know why why should you know you consumers out there give a fuck about this brand and spend significant money um, on it um, you know instead of Sony or or Bose who seem to be all right as well and and the insight came when we started to understand what the likes of lebron uh james and kevin garnett and colin kaepernick and pharrell williams and serena williams for that matter were were doing with beats headphones and it wasn't that they were just listening to music they were preparing themselves they were getting ready and they were getting focused on the job at hand. And when you go a bit deeper, which we did, um, into the psychology of that and why it matters that an athlete like Serena Williams um, is listening to music before a Grand Slam match. um, You, you start getting to a a place around um, focus. And focus is the game changer. Focus is what makes Serena have 24 Grand Slams and everyone else nowhere near 24. Focus is what makes LeBron the best and keep coming back season after season. Focus is what makes, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick um, silence the haters and, and perform um, focus equals victory. And what was, what we, what we started to see was that beats was not noise cancelling. Noise cancelling was a technical thing. Noise cancelling is I'm on a, as I said, I'm on a plane and I don't want to hear that baby crying. That's not aspirational. Right. Noise cancelling is technical. What beats headphones were doing was silencing the haters and silencing haters, silencing fear, doubt, disbelief, that is aspirational. That was that was a huge insight that didn't that didn't stop at elite athletes or artists. That that translates to you know a guy who's you know going for a job interview or uh, a you know a girl who is um, you know working on a on a big project and and needs to get it done. Um, uh, everything from walking into the office to walking onto the pitch. Uh, if you're in, you know, high school or, 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 or anything like that, silencing that, that, you know, those silencing the, the, those sort of the haters and those sort of opinions and the naysayers and focusing, that was a big, rich uh, insight. And that was where hear what you want came from. Um, actually, and as as I outlined in that APG paper you mentioned, it actually gave rise to, you know, four years' worth of campaigns because focus, beats equals focus and focus equals victory, uh, that gives rise to, you know, talking about hear what you want the game before the game the game starts here that you know mining that insight for more and more nuance that's what gave us you know so many years of 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 excellence and and a runway to really build that brand
0: i mean what this is in essence just planner to planner here is the idea that you guys took a feature of a product which is a technical product a technical yeah. you know, a piece of technology that is that was common. It wasn't. It wasn't a commodity. It wasn't commoditized. But it was common. Other brands had that same feature. Yep. But you you were able to mine culture as a way of of of, of merging that feature with mm. a moment in time, a mm. moment in culture that wasn't yes. really driven by. I'm assuming this wasn't driven by any consumer research. It wasn't. Like you were doing ethnographies with consumers, you weren't in the field is that true is it fair to say that this didn't involve a lot of fundamental consumer research to discover this or that it it just came from a a knowledge of culture in general from within the agency and the client it was
1: yeah, I mean, short answer is like most things in in strategy focus a bit of both. so um there's obviously a it was a very it was a moment uh, in time and in culture, absolutely and you know the conversation around um, you know particularly people like Serena Williams was rich enough that you you know we we could sort of make those leaps not you know with, without necessarily having to do a whole lot of um you know consumer research to validate that, but you do when it comes to understanding um, you know for example, how that message might play out what kind of scenarios and contexts, you know, everything that we made was incredibly authentic because we spent the time with the audience that, you know, we we knew was um you know was our was, you know, our, our target. You know, we spent time in those locker rooms and in those studios and in those
0: Yeah, tell us about um, that. Cause I'd love to spend a couple of minutes on that because I think as planners, there's this tension that we all face. And it's, you know, we've, we've, we've got timelines where, you know, there's, there's this label these days about you're a Google planner and everybody <laughs> everybody's, you know, advocating to make sure that we get, and they're right, to, to get out of the office. And I completely right. advocate for that. So yeah. we're pushed to get out. And I think most planners w- want to do that, but they're not yeah. able to. But so tell us on yeah. a granular level, what were you guys able to, what did you do to sort of build that foundation of, of insight? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, and and this doesn't, I mean, obviously, um, you know, when working on beats, there was, there was obviously the sort of master campaigns like um, hear what you want and game before the game. There was also a lot of work that we did around, um, um, you know, power beats, uh, pills, um, um, and around, um, you know, uh, beats, uh, beats one uh, radio and understanding different, audiences who were consuming the brand in different ways. Um, And the the short answer is we, we spent time with, with, with those people, you know, these were, it wasn't like we had to sort of set up, you know, really kind of controlled focus groups and bring people into rooms and, you know, and say, Oh, what now, what do you think about this brand? And, you know, and, and that sort of more, most clinical approach, the, the, the research, approach was more ethnographic it was more about being in those environments being with those um those you know mostly you know young people uh who were in those um you know cultural spaces around um you know particularly music uh sport um um design art it, you know there was a um you know there, there were sort of passion areas that we could tap into um you know who were the influences in those spaces that we could spend time with as well and we were doing a lot of observation we were doing a lot of conversation so it was it was a more ethnographic approach um right. what right. i think we did well was we balanced the belief of the 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 brand and the and the company belief with the context that it would come to life in versus letting consumers tell us the answer or say that they didn't like that positioning and we should do this positioning instead. And we would sort of just follow blindly, which I think is a is the the flip side of, you know, or the 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 when when we go too far, um, you know, listening to to our audiences sometimes, you know, brands, especially a brand like Beats, wanted to lead its consumers, not not be led. So so um we spent a lot of time in those spaces, but we always understood what it was for, which was to create context. You're quite to your point before about planners getting out from behind the desk and, and going and just, you know, doing research and being with consumers. Yeah. There's, you know, or, or, stakeholders or, or, you know, people in an organization and, and understanding what makes it tick. There is no substitute for that. And I advocate that. And I'd say to all the, the young planners listening, um, you know, be, you know, be that person that goes and understands more and learns more about the audience than anyone else, because that is still, you know, that is power. That is, unlo- that is, you know, that's where your power as a strategist comes from, which is, um, you know, knowing the unlocks, knowing what makes your audience tick. Um, and, and I'm a huge advocate for that. But I also say, you know, balance that with a sense of what you believe the brand could be. Uh, not just, you know, we should respond, uh, to what people say.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be formal. I mean, the, the, the the purpose is just to sort of inspire some insight and and to, so it doesn't have to be defendable quantitatively. I mean, it can just be something that inspires the whole process.
1: Yeah. And I mean, feels
0: intuitively is right. It feels right. right.
1: I mean, there's, there's, you know, there is absolutely, you know, there's that intuition, that you, you, you just know it or you, you believe it and you, you want to, um, um, you know, validate that. And, and sometimes, and you know, that intuition is we hone that over time. We hone that by being with people, by understanding how, you know, why do people say the things they say and do the things they do uh, or not do the things that they said that they did? You know, we, we have to spend that time with people and then our intuition will be, you know, we'll hone it. But the one that I will also say, you know, sometimes the unlock is from a, uh, you know, something more, um, you know, quantitative, you know, I, I, I was a statistician, believe it or not, back in, you know, when I was a baby before I became a strategist, um, you know, and, and, you know those that the, there's there are stories to be found and unlocked in 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 the numbers too um right. you know one of one of you know one my probably my my most important piece of work as a strategist was for was for road safety back in australia um and that you know the insight came from a combination of 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 data points qualitative and quantitative but one of the most important ones was a quantitative one about the nature of having more if you're a young guy the more people you have in your car the more you're likely to um, have an accident because more people equals more theater Um, and and you show off so you know those are things that are very real and you have to take that into account Um, but you know it's it it, it's important for, for planners to you know always be looking for those ways to get closer to people and ways to get closer to the problem so that you know you can solve it with something that's genuinely good.
0: So tell, tell us about uh, obviously you're at Chiat now and you're at RGA before working on this tell me about how it worked uh, working with the creative group because I think there's a lot of planners who struggle with um, in, in certain ways trying to understand what's the value they're trying to bring to creative and for creative to try and look at planners yeah. and go okay this person is not trying to derail me they're trying to inspire me yeah and i think there's a tension that exists there and i'm just wondering is that a, is that did that tension was there any tension or any sort of manifestations of tension that resulted from when there was this transition <laughs> from planners to the creative group or was there no transition was it just a constantly working together throughout the process and what was that like
1: yeah i mean on and should i use beats as a keep going with sure as as the example yeah i mean look there's always tension you know there's always i mean the best kind of work i guess comes from that tension between strategy and creative um because strategy at the end of the day is is has to kind of keep you know a little bit um, you know the, the the creatives honest around is this the thing that's going to actually solve the business problem um and creatives rightly uh uh are um sort of you know uh, attuned and have that sixth sense around going this is but this is the thing that will genuinely inspire like this will elevate a brand and and you know yeah ha- it's a it's trust you know strategy has to trust creative and creative has to trust strategy and i find that if you have that then the tension is fine it's it's part of the process and and you know can actually be part of the fun um you know to get to something like um the game before the game and then um the game starts here there was it was actually more the tension comes in what choices do you make versus the overarching thought or message as i said because the insight was so big and powerful around focus and focus you know and almost doubling down on focus um that was sort of never the debate the debate was became like who which of the stories that we're going to tell what's the story that's slightly more you know more inspiring or is it you know is it about neymar or is it about mario goetzer or is it you know is it about richie mccaw is it about the All Blacks? Which part of that story do we want to zoom in on? You know, you you end up becoming a, a more of a sort of arbiter of of choice and context versus the overall overarching message. And and that sort of that's a I mean that's a that's a good place to be. That means you've got an insight that everyone is super jazzed about, and it, that's sort of that's kind of not the debate. Right. But then but then in in other creative pursuits, I mean you know, to go back to the example I gave you just then about road safety, I, full disclosure, that was the, the, the pinky campaign from Australia. Uh, I, the first time I was presented that work, I hated it. I thought it was, you know, I thought it made a kind of crass, you know, joke of the, of a very serious, of a, of a, no, of a, an insight that was very finely crafted around, you know, social death being worse than actual death for young drivers. And I envisage different kind of work. When I was presented at work, I was like, I don't like it. But you have to go, okay, let me just take a, like not be the planner, Simon, and be the audience, Simon, and 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 look at it that way and understand how it might work in, in people's minds. Um, I think the job of the strategist in in those moments becomes how can I, you know what am i seeing and what's really happening sometimes behind the execution that i might be able to um you know um sort of bring out and 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 shine the light on and say this is actually quite good it just needs to be thought about this way um versus going i don't like any of that you know give me some more uh, you know that's that's i think again it's one of those things and and you know i say, <laughs> I, I i like to tell you know, strategists coming up the same way I was told when I started out, the first thing you should say in a creative review after you're presented a number of ideas is thank you because those teams have bared their soul quite publicly, uh, knowing, knowing full well that they're about to get assassinated. Um, and that is like, that's a big thing. You know, you're you're putting your work out there for an audience that's going to be like, no, that's not quite right. Um, And in some cases, yeah, it's not. And things that are not right, you go, let's not pursue that route. But what I say to strategists is say thank you because they've thought about the challenge. Then look at the work and go of these, you know, five things. Okay, three of them aren't right. This one is kind of interesting and needs to be thought about in a certain way. And this one over here has the kernel of a very exciting thought in it, but it's been buried in something slightly distracting. Let's work on it. Let's work together to get it out. Um, You know, that was the same on Beats. It was never like it was a bullseye every time. In fact, thinking back on it now, there were probably more misses than there were hits, even though from the outside looking in, it looks like we just had hit after hit after hit. Going going
0: back to the beginning of this, and looking at the way that strategy was was working with creative, I would I would think that when somebody like Dre, um, or Omar come in with a, a focus, they have a focus mm. direction, and you needed to evolve that obviously, and you did brilliantly. Um, but I would kind of think that creative would be just chomping at the bit to get going. Mm. Was was there an appetite for sort of um or, or was there an expectation that there needed to be some dwell time to sort of rethink really about how this
1: evolved the, the short answer to, to your question is yes we kind of would get we had a feeling about what worked but yes we did need that that time to to you know make sure we were going to do something good again you know the the, the better the work was the harder it was to follow it up because you've you don't want to drop the standard. So so, you know, that became a, a a a balancing act of how can we, you know, get those moments to to get that freshness you know to use your words kind of you know bake you know sit bake that a bit more and really and then do something really good versus just running straight into the brief um and that's and you know that's a much uh applicable to in a way it was kind of bigger pressure on strategy um than on creative because we had to find you know, that that still has to be insightful it still has to be true right. and relevant and so to find that over and over um was um yeah it was challenging, but again that's that was the level that was what we set out to do. That was what you know clients like Omar gave us the the runway to do, and that's what we did
0: because all of us get at one point or another we get stuck in a situation where we think oh my god what what the hell am I going to say here because everything just mm. seems common and it's common yeah. across products or common across services and I think what 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 this points out is the fact that if you're plugged into culture and you're understanding trends and attitudes that are of the moment and are universally believable across audiences, and this is this idea of, of um, you know, silencing the haters, the pressures mm. of social, the pressures of, of modern society, the pressures of celebrity,
1: mm. and
0: the idea that you can sort of pivot on on a features such as noise cancellation, instead of talking about which too many people want to do, talk about that as a technology and as the features, et cetera. But to be able to face that and pivot it out towards uh, towards culture and And uh, it's not about a technology. It's ultimately about the fact of what that allows you to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that was beautifully done in this case. and 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 then the other the last point I would make is the idea that this brand, and I remember it back in the day that this brand initially was getting a lot of bad press, as you talked about about the fact that, that it didn't necessarily have the functional prowess of other of other mm. products. Yeah, yeah. But you guys were able to just sort of navigate around that because that was just the naysayers again. That again was the haters, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, that's that's a that's a good way of putting. It. I, I hadn't thought of that till 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 now. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. And and I, but I think that the big point in in everything, uh, you know, you just said Fergus, and this is what I say. I'd say you know, again, you know, planners always ask me, how did you get to work on you know, Beats and Nike and, and Adidas and brands like this that are iconic and are doing amazing work is um, you kind of have to stay the course, you know, you kind of, you have to be around and you have to, re- you know, realize that, you know, when you start out, it might not be the, 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 you know, the most iconic, the coolest brand on the planet. Um but if you hang in there and hang in there and hang in there, and do your job, you might be able to steer that ship to where it is the coolest brand on the planet. And that takes that sort of takes patience and rigor. It's not about being a rock star and just kind of saying something and you know dropping the mic and walking out of the room. It's it's <laughs> it's. I wish it were. I would love to drop. You know, I. I, I, I one day in my career you know no um, <laughs> um <laughs> uh it's it's about you know really get you know ro- like getting in that trench and digging and staying in there and and so what do what you mean
0: by digging and staying in there
1: i mean like work on that brand work and work and work and there's mm-hmm. you know not being distracted by shiny objects that you know looks like another brand is 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 more exciting or that that sort of that bit of creative over there is the thing you should jump to. It's like, no, stay with the thing that you're on and do your, do your work, do strategy until that brand is, is desirable and aspirational and, you know, the coolest thing in the market or in, you know, on the planet, you know, like those are the, those are the stories that, those are the things that, that strategists should be, um, you know, aspiring to do. And, it's a long game.
0: That's a great place to to leave it at Simon. And you know, talking about where things end up after putting in hard work, it it ends up that according to I think it was you, know, you guys in your case study said that Beats ended up with a seventy percent market share, and it ultimately got sold to Apple for three billion dollars. That's a B. Yeah. So um, <laughs> to the degree that that you guys are a big part of that, that's amazing stuff. And I cannot I mean just imagining that sort of market share is uh, is uh, I mean, it's incredible to believe that that's that's where it's ended up, but it's it's a brilliant case study. So thank you to Simon and uh, we'll see you guys next time with the podcast.